What's up, everyone? Welcome into Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. I am a radio host at Sports 1140 KHTK, the radio home of the Sacramento Kings, their flagship station. I am also part of the radio broadcast team. Work with them on every game. Uh, We got another good one for you today. Uh, The regular season has long been over. Playoffs are in full swing, and it is coaching firing season. So we had another coach that was fired today and a few that were hired this week. Uh, We're going to get into all of that and see how it uh, can affect the Kings moving forward. This is Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. I'm bringing you a good one here on the 7th of May. Uh, I want to give Matt George, my man Matt, a shout out as he covered for me last week as I was out of town at a bachelor party. Um, so thank you for that, my dude. Uh, <laughs> so we are back here uh, covering some some NBA news and what has happened recently in the most recent news is that Stan Van Gundy has been fired or resigned or whatever you want to call it, uh, conscious uncoupling, uh, I think is what they call it in in Hollywood now uh, when the couples break up. So that's it. No more Stan Van in Detroit. Uh, I think uh, it might, you know, it's probably the right move. It's probably time. Um, I think one of the things that really doomed uh, the whole situation was the fact that he had uh, not only was the head coach, he had player personnel control, which I don't think has worked out for anyone really in the NBA, especially of of recent ilk. Uh, uh, the only one that I can think of that it's worked out is Greg Popovich, but Popovich works with R.C. Buford. He, he has the power, but I don't think he uses it very much. So uh, as we saw with Stan Van Gundy, it just did not work out, which is too bad. Uh, something I always like to point out is he also had a chance to coach the Golden State Warriors uh, he had an offer from them, I believe it was five for $25 million, five years, $25 million, that he turned down to go to the Pistons, who offered him five years, $35 million, and uh, uh, complete uh, player control as well. So complete personnel control, and he obviously chose them. Did not work out um, after four years and one trip to the playoffs, and I believe a sweep in the playoffs, uh, or being swept in the playoffs, excuse me. They have decided to move on. He is a guy that I think could coach somewhere else if he wants to, but when he left Orlando, um, he did not immediately start coaching again. He took a couple years off, maybe just one year, but he did take some time off from coaching, and he's going to get paid $7 million next year whether he's coaching or not. So it'll be interesting to see whether he gets right back into coaching or will wait for the the right opportunity uh, if that comes up. Um one of the reasons why I've, I always liked Stan Van Gundy was because he was able to take a team in Orlando and a and a player who could not dribble, pass, or shoot in Dwight Howard to the NBA Finals. Now, as we all know, they did lose those NBA Finals, but he saw pretty good success uh, with with Orlando. and And Doug Christie asked, he you know, when I told him that, he said, uh, "Well, did he take them or did Dwight Howard take them?" I think it's a little bit of both. I think. Dwight Howard was great in his prime, but I also think Stan Van Gundy had something to do with building that team around him and getting them uh, uh, able to to get to the finals. It's not an easy thing. 
If it was, Dwayne Casey would not be getting his butt kicked by LeBron every single year. But that's besides the point. We might talk a little bit about that a little later. Uh, but our friends at Locked On Pistons actually had a little little piece on Stan Van getting fired. We're going to throw to that real quick and then come back with uh, some more thoughts on the uh, Stan Van Gundy situation, how it might affect the Sacramento Kings moving forward. Hey, this is Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons. But after a month, it finally happened. Stan Van Gundy was fired Monday by the Pistons as coach and president of basketball operations with a rather strange press release by the team where Tom Gores, the owner, and Stan Van Gundy, uh, he said Tom Gores the, that Stan wanted to return. Quote, Stan is a competitor and he wanted to finish the job, Gores said. Not quite sure exactly why Gores needs to be pointing that out. I don't know if that's a dig at Stan Van Gundy or if that's trying to uh, make him look better. It was a strange way of putting that. After four years, with one year remaining on his contract, uh, Stan will not be coming back. Van Gundy's four years featured a rapid ascent to the playoffs in year two after taking over a franchise stuck in the mud, but the last two were obviously disappointing seasons, hindered by reckless free agent misses and draft night head scratchers, most notably taking Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell last summer. Uh, as Mitchell began to it looks like a star starring career that he's going to have with the Utah Jazz, and that one spelled the end of the Stan Van Gundy era. We may never know what happened in the days of California meetings between Gores and Van Gundy that dragged out recently, and why did they drag out so long is the biggest question probably on Pistons fans right now uh, on the minds. But Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that last week that Gores wanted Stan Van Gundy to stay on as coach but retool the front office structure, but. They weren't able to reach that agreement, nor were they able to get into any extension that Stan Van Gundy was likely pining for with only one year left on his deal. So Dan will collect $7 million and probably have his pick of television jobs as he's an engaging and compelling personality in front of the microphones. All told, it'll probably be better for him uh, as a, than a lame duck year under a new boss that didn't, didn't hire him. So the Pistons joined the coach in executive searches nearly a month after their season ended. Again, why did that take so long? Names like Steve Clifford, Mike Budenholzer, or former Piston Jerry Stackhouse figure to be tossed around in terms of coaching candidates, although this job certainly ranks below division rival Milwaukee in the pecking order of openings. And you can draw your own conclusions as fans and, and coaches out there about where the Pistons fall in terms of some of these other ones, like the Charlottes or maybe the rebuilding teams such as Atlanta, that still have openings as well. Uh, Woj of ESPN also reported that uh, former Arn Tellen client, client Brent Berry could be involved in the new front office as well. Former Pistons star Chauncey Billups was also attached to the team uh, team's front office in a report from Mark Stein of the New York Times earlier this year in January as potentially part of the revamped front office for the Pistons and his former team. The team will move forward to the potentially awkward and injury-prone core of Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond with little salary cap flexibility and almost assuredly no first-round pick next month. But if there's one thing we can guess about Gores, a Malibu resident who has gravitated more to his glitzy life in California than his Michigan background, it's that he's probably going to want to make a splash. Based on the, his bidding of Van Gundy away from the Warriors four years ago and his at least approval of the Griffin trade this year, he'll be hoping to make that big splash and get the Pistons out there and in a winning position, and especially in the newspapers and on Twitter uh, right away and hopefully back in the playoffs as quickly as this year. And we will see how that works out for the Detroit Pistons down the road, again, who have fired Stan Van Gundy as coach and president of basketball operations. This is Matt Shook for Lockdown Pistons. Thanks for listening.
I want to say thanks to Matt from Locked On Pistons for that. As you heard, Stan Van Gundy is out as the Pistons head coach. Uh, and I just wanted to get into how it kind of indirectly affects the Kings because Jaeger's going to be back. I think we all agree, especially now at this point as, as coaches are getting hired, that Jaeger will be back. Um, whether you agree with that or not, what I wouldn't agree with is them letting go of Jaeger so late in the process where you know some of the top coaches have been been hired off the market already. But if for whatever reason, Vivek or Vlade or whoever uh, in a higher position says, you know what, Stan Van Gundy's available. You know, I've always, you know, I always had a thing for him and the way he coaches and this and that. I mean, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. I will say this. There's a quality coach available right now. I think there's a couple of quality coaches available. And I don't know how other people feel about Jaeger. I don't, huh, I don't know. I don't think he's a bad coach. I just, and he, he does deserve a third year. He does deserve a third year, but am I confident that he will get a fourth year? I'm not. Um, as you've heard uh, throughout my time on this show, there are rotations and the way he plays, I think is a little outdated um, and very, it's outdated unless you have the right pieces, which is like two Hall of Famers and Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph. And you may have Zach Randolph, but he's not hes not Zach Randolph anymore. He's an older Zach Randolph and can't do what he did with Memphis. So I would never advocate for him to be fired or anything, but I just, and I agree he deserves longer than two years, but I just feel like we'll be having the conversation next year of, you know, who's going to be the Kings next coach. I'm just not confident in his ability to turn things around. Um, hopefully he proves me wrong. I would love it if he did. And, you know, they, they go get an Aaron Gordon or Julius Randle or whoever and, you know, nail this, this first round pick. They're going to have probably a top six pick that they'll have this year. Um, I'm hoping for all of that. Am I confident in all of that? I, I don't know. But all I'm saying is there is a, a well-known well-respected head coach out there. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about Stan Van Gundy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I wouldn't say indifferent, but it would take money to get him. Uh, And so um, I would be against that move. I'm pretty sure because I do think if you make that move, then we're having the same conversation a couple years from now of, you know, who's going to be coaching the Kings, Uh, which seems like it's a conversation we have a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Jaeger personally, but again, hopefully he proves me wrong. That's my hope for the Kings. Uh, you are listening to locked on Kings. There is another coach out there who is now off the market and we're going to talk about him, uh, coming up next here on the locked on Kings podcast on the locked on podcast network. Welcome back to Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. As I mentioned, there was a new coach hired this week off the market, and that's David Fisdale. And he's the new head coach of the New York Knicks. Uh, he is joining an old friend of ours and Scott Perry. Uh, it, I feel like it's a solid move. I, I feel like he got the short end of the stick in Memphis. He did a good job his first year there and then had a falling out with their star, Mark Gasol. And Marc Gasol won that battle, uh, as he should, understandably so. Um, and now, as I think he, as I think uh, David Fisdale got the short end of the stick, we'll see how it works in New York for him. 
if this is something that happens again, then there's a reputation to where you're going, well, you know, if the common denominator is David Fisdale, then it's his, then it's David Fisdale's fault. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just something that happened. I do think he's a good coach. I am excited to see what he can do in New York with a guy like Porzingis. There are rumors of LeBron because of their history together in Miami. Rumors of LeBron ending up in New York. I do not think that they made the deal to get him to New York just because he has a relationship with LeBron and could help get him there. I think that's overblown. And I think, as we all know, after you know Philly got Meek Mill out of jail and won a series, that now James Dolan, his his entire focus is on getting Bobby, Bobby Schmurda out of jail um, because that that's what it takes to win a, a playoff series, I guess. Funny joke. Thank you. <laughs> um, we have uh, our friends from Locked On Knicks. They have a little piece on uh, Fizdale getting hired and being the newest head coach of the New York Knicks. I believe the 12th head coach in the last 17 years. Yikes. Uh, so let's hear what they have to say, and then we'll come back and see how this affects the Kings moving forward. What's up, everybody? This is James Marcita, host of Locked On Knicks, with the breaking news that the New York Knicks have hired David Fisdale to fill their head coaching vacancy. The Knicks conducted a thorough search that saw them interview 11 candidates with a wide range of experiences coming from a wide variety of backgrounds. It was in stark contrast to the coaching searches conducted by Phil Jackson, who interviewed a small number of people that he had personal relationships with. The new front office of President of Basketball Operations Steve Mills and General Manager Scott Perry sent a strong message via this coaching search that we weren't going to see the same old dysfunctional Knicks at work. Now, full disclosure, David Fisdale was not my first choice. I preferred former Atlanta Hawks coach Mike Budenholzer, but David Fisdale is by all accounts a well-respected voice around the league and someone who clearly signals that the Knicks of 2018 are not the dysfunctional Knicks of yesteryear. He figures to modernize their offense, stress conditioning and fundamentals, and bring a championship mentality with him from his years as a Miami assistant. He's already been reported to be making plans to visit franchise cornerstone Chris Dapp's Porzingis in Latvia, which is a welcome sign after he clashed with his previous superstar, Mark Gasol, in Memphis. It's a good start for a head coach that Knicks fans have every right to be excited for, and it was an excellent hire by the New York Knicks. I'm James Marcita, host of Locked On Knicks. I want to say thanks to James for that. As you can tell, they are fired up over the hire, as they should be. Um, I, I agree with most of what he said. The only thing that makes me nervous is the owner, James Dolan. Now, if he can get out of the way and let Scott Perry general manage <laughs> and you know allow Fizdale to coach, and we'll just have Dolan focus on getting Bobby Schmurda out, um, then I think it could be a good move. Um and I, I wanted to talk about how this might affect the Kings. It doesn't affect them directly. It's just another coach. This this was a a solid pool of head coaches. Now, I don't think any of them, well, there's one uh, that I personally would um, like over uh, their, the Kings' current coach. Um, but it's not either, either, either of these two. It's not Van Gundy and it's not Fizdale. Um, I think they would be lateral moves. 
for Van Gundy or Fizdale. I think Fizdale, the reason I say that is just because it's a short sample size. If Fizdale had a history of putting together great teams and putting together playoff contenders and building a culture and all that good stuff, then yes. But the fact is he's had a small sample size. Uh, I do think he's a good coach, but you'd be taking a risk moving on from Jaeger uh, to go Fizdale. And again, we the, the Kings aren't moving on, so it really doesn't matter. I, I just think it's interesting when it's a, a Kings team that is looking to build a culture and build uh, a, a, an identity moving forward. So we'll see how it works out with the Kings and Jaeger. I don't think um, either of these guys are worth moving on from your coach. Like we, you know, and to, to equate it to football, uh, the Raiders had Jack Del Rio, who they liked a lot, um, probably deserved more time, but they were able to get John Gruden. And at that point they said, you know what, John, Gr- we'll, we'll make the move from Del Rio and continue to pay Del Rio to get John Gruden. And that's what they did. Now, I don't think there's a John Gruden out there, um, so to speak. There is one coach out there, Mike Budenholzer. I mean, I don't know why I'm dancing around it. I'm a fan of Mike Budenholzer. I think he's a good good culture guy, a good system, runs a good system, and I think he would be uh, good for a young team. Now, I, it's not going to happen, again, like I just said, um, but it's it's interesting to look at. And, again, I hope Jaeger can turn this around and be the guy, but I also wouldn't be surprised if at this time next year – uh, the Kings are looking to see who's going to be coaching the team. But I don't know. Again, I, I don't have a crystal ball or anything. This is just one uh, podcast gas bags uh, opinion. So I'm probably wrong, but whatever. There it is. <laughs> uh, you are listening to Locked on Kings on the Locked on Podcast Network. Going to take a quick break, come back, go through some of the playoff action that happened today, and uh, you know more potential coaching moves and some player movement. So we're going to look at that coming up next. Welcome back to Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Uh, Finishing up a quick one here today. As I mentioned, uh, a little playoff action today, and we're going to get to that immediately as the Toronto Raptors got swept by LeBron James and the Cavs. My goodness, man. I, I said beforehand, before the series started, this Raptors team makes me want to believe in them, makes me want to pick them in this series. But I can't do it because of LeBron James, because I haven't seen LeBron James lose yet. And luckily, I finally learned my lesson after picking against LeBron for years that uh, I can't. (laughs) I learned my lesson that we cannot, and I didn't. And he proved me right, and he proved himself right, and he is one of the best to ever play, and he has swept the Raptors. And the reason why this is pertinent is because uh, one thing we're going to do when when teams get eliminated is we're going to look at some of their potential free agents and see if they fit with the Kings. Because, look, the Kings are going to be able to make some moves. They're going to be one of the teams with some actual cap space to move around, and that's going to be uh, very important for, um, well, for them and then also just in general the fact that they're one of the few teams that, that can do it. There's just not a lot of cap space uh, in the NBA this offseason and the Kings will be one of the teams that has it. That doesn't mean they should spend it. That's another thing that uh, that I talked about with, with Doug Christie on, uh, on the Grant Napier show today as I was filling in, was a lot of these teams, um, and not so much Toronto, but if you look at Portland, uh, the Wizards, um, who else? OKC a little bit, is you, you make 
the playoffs. You have a good run, especially Portland. Let's look at Portland specifically. I think it was two or three years ago that they made the playoffs out of nowhere. Um, and they, uh, yeah, Dame and CJ had a great run. They make the playoffs. I believe they lost to the Warriors. It seems like they lose to the Warriors every year in the playoffs, but uh, lose to the Warriors. And then they say, you know what? We made this run with Alan Crabb and Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard, and they re-sign all those guys to terrible contracts. Uh, Alan Crabb got $70 million. They go out and get Evan Turner $70 million. Mo Harkless gets $40-something million, which, you know what, is probably the only good contract out of all of them. They give Myers Leonard $40 million. Uh, so they're hamstrung. They're handcuffed with some of these terrible deals. And so as I am talking about the Kings bringing this back to the Kings, just because you have the cap space does not mean you need to spend it or that you need to spend it long-term. That's the other thing is they don't need to – go out and give someone five years. If you want to sign from someone for a short-term uh, big money, that's understandable. Now, the, the George Hill deal did not work out at all, obviously, but I do like the fact that they only gave him two years guaranteed. That makes more sense than going out and giving someone huge money for for a, a five-year deal, for a long-term deal. Um, so I mentioned some of the free agents for the Raptors. The only one, really, that jumps out is Fred Van Fleet. And he is a undersized point guard. He's a good player, solid player. But the bottom line is uh, the Kings have more than enough players at the point right now. They don't need to go out and get another one. Uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox, Frank Mason, uh, Bogey runs the point some for them. So, you know, nothing there really. Nothing there for them. Um, also, I want to bring up Dwayne Casey, who did a great job. Uh, I just... Man, I've mentioned there's a lot of teams in the playoffs that are at a crossroads right now. And that crossroads is do we can we make a move player-wise to where that gets us uh you know takes us to the next step, next level or do we have to move on from our coach? I don't think Dwayne Casey should get fired, but man, I I just don't know what they do. I don't know what you do if you're Toronto and LeBron owns a lot of a lot of acreage in your mind. <laughs> um, I yeah, I just don't know. I, I honestly, I think they run it back one more year, uh, maybe try and make a move with a player here or there. But uh, this was tough. This was a tough one for them. This one was rough. Um, yeah, I don't know. And if Dwayne Casey was available, I don't know. I don't know if that's someone that you 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 drop Jaeger for. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that's not one I feel very strongly about. But I just definitely had to bring it up because, I mean, he did help build the build what they have in Toronto, which, you know, we can all roll our eyes and laugh about them losing to LeBron all the time. But that's a playoff team. That's a team that won 59 games in the regular season and a team that changed the way they play to try and better fit in today's NBA. And uh, it's just too bad. I mean, without a couple of LeBron buzzer beaters, it might be 2-2 right now. But, again, they're playing against LeBron. He did make the buzzer beaters, and now they've been swept. So, tough one for them. Um, I don't see him moving on. I don't see him moving on from Casey Van Vliet. He'll probably be a solid player somewhere. Uh, He's a guy I actually do like, but again, does not fit the Kings because they have more than enough already. Um, This has been Locked on Kings on the Locked on Podcast Network. Come on back tomorrow. I think we're going to talk some basketball, some Kings basketball. (laughs) Uh, Maybe some of this summer league news that came out as well. Uh, might have a little little guest on uh, to to run that down. So come on back tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network.
You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.